Hey, everybody, I'm Kelly Ellers. Jeffrey Lonnan. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. Jeffrey, how are you? Fall is in full swing. We know that we both are not PSL lovers, but have you consumed any PSL in any format? So I will say, recently have been into Pan Dulce. Um, I'm in LA. There's this place, La Monarca Bakery. It's a chain, but it's really good. They make sweetbreads um, and they've got a pumpkin spice concha, which is kind of amazing. Okay. But then most importantly, which trumps the PSL, because again, trash, by and large, trash. <laughs> We've got Pan de Muerto season, um, which is another special sort of Day oh. of the Dead related yeah. um, sweetbread, which is very, very good. I've had way too many. With coffee, and what is the and flavor? Feeling, what is the uh, flavor? Well, it depends. There is oh. a savory version, okay, which is sort of I'd just like, for. yeah, it's fantastic with sesame seeds. Um, mm. And then there's like a sweeter one that's like cinnamon sugar that has like a little bit of an orange thing in there. It's very good. All right. So I'm enjoying that part of spooky season. Somebody accidentally slipped, my husband, put a little <laughs> bit of pumpkin spice oat milk creamer. I don't know how they got in our fridge, but mm. slipped it in my coffee. And I was like, yeah. So anyway, I was going to say, did you pour it out on, immediately? I did. I did. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Not, in other not news, for us, not for everybody. <laughs> on last week's episode, I spoke with Oliver Adams, AKA the color King on his family legacy in the industry with Clairol professional and how the digital world has made market expansion possible for salons like his. If you like learning more about the industry, those who are enacting change and creating a better world, make sure that you subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all of the things at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, I spoke with an industry trailblazer, Michelle O'Connor, the global artistic director for L'Oreal Matrix and five-time, five-time Naha Award winner, also a member of the Ulta Beauty Pro artistic team with over 15 years of beauty expertise. She is incredible. Her role is to create, direct, and coordinate education, both administratively and artistically. Specifically, we wanted to talk to her as we've been hearing all about Matrix new A Curl Can Dream campaign, which is a product line built for textured and curly hair, of which Michelle was behind from the beginning. It's a great interview. I personally learned so much about curl, curl pattern, and how these new products are really going to change the industry. Cannot wait for that. But before we get there, something that has been popping up all over the place related Mm -hmm. to kind of what you're going to be talking about with uh, Michelle is that apparently blowouts and curlers are back. Yes. How do you feel about this? (laughs) Do you think that they went away? I mean, maybe the curlers. Let's let's talk about it. Um, So... (laughs) I have always loved a hot roller. It's, I have no shame in that game. Mm. I will say that I haven't used them in probably the last three to four years because, you know, it just maybe wasn't where the trends were headed, Mm. but who's going to say no to a 90s Cindy Crawford blowout with some nice volume using some hot rollers. I'm here for it. I mean, everything else nineties is back. Friends, butterfly clips. Not the brown lipstick yet, which R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Okay, or is it? Mm-hmm. Is it? I'm right. to be back, but no, no, no. But I think to your point, the, the curlers are here. So I am pro curler, actually, Kelly. And mostly because I saw it on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Kathy Hilton, who is enjoying her moment in the sun these days <laughs> for all of the stuff, not knowing who Hunky Dory is, etc., 
is all about a curler. Uh, and she's been on camera with like big old things left in to the last minute. She takes them out really quick. So, oh. I mean, like it's a thing. It's officially here. Wow. So I'm not surprised it. that Miss Kathy Hilton is rocking the hot rollers and curlers. So good for her. She's helping us all bring the trend back. Now, before we go any farther, it's time for our continuing mini series featuring the stories of the talented trailblazers of the 2021 Texture Style Awards. Back in July, we introduced you to Monet Everett, a friend of the pod and founder of the Texture Style Awards, which took place for the first time this year. We've been lucky enough to get to meet the 2021 award winners, and we'll be introducing you to a winner over four episodes. Last episode, I spoke with Rania Nicole, who took home the Kinky Coily Stylist of the Year from the Texture Style Awards. So go back and listen if you missed it. But today, We'll hear from Rashar Staten, Curly Hairstylist of the Year from the Texture Style Awards. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Rashar Staten, winner of the Texture Style Awards. We are so happy to be chatting with you today on the Volume Up podcast. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be talking to you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Before we get into stuff, those that maybe do not know you, talk to us a little bit about how you got your start, and then we'll get into all of the craziness around the Texture Style Awards. Well, I have been doing hair for about 15 years, maybe a little bit more than that. I actually didn't start off being a hairstylist. It was actually a hobby. (laughs) Okay. And um, I went to a career program high school in Maryland. Um, And I took cosmetology there, but it was supposed to be kind of like a side gig for when I went to college. But once I went to college, I mean, I got bored with accounting and finance and I'm like, (laughs) here's better. (laughs) better. I I realized my passion was really just in the beauty industry and I realized I was really good at it. Amazing. We love that story. Uh, Appreciate the honesty. Sometimes, you know, like accounting's just not for everybody, uh, but hair can be. So <laughs> we're all about it. Did you think that you would work in hair? Like as a kid, did you have an interest in that? Or I mean, how did it, I mean, you say sort of side, how did that become the main focus for you? Well, if you ask anybody in my family or my friends, I've been doing their hair since forever. In middle school, I was practicing on my girlfriends and their moms. My sister has always been my guinea pig. So it's always kind of been there. <laughs> I'm like, it's always been a hobby, but you just never know how your gifts are really going to manifest as you get older. Mm-hmm. And I really was just doing it as a side job. And then my clientele just started taking off. Like people were really liking my work. And I'm like, okay, I can really do this full time and put all of my attention and time into this. And it's really been taking off for me. Congratulations. Uh, it sounds like you really enjoy what you do, which is what we love to hear. Uh, and that sort of passion is contagious. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about your relationship with hair. So becoming a professional hairstylist, a little bit different than like doing hair on the side for friends and family. Right. Um, how do you feel like that relationship has evolved uh, in terms of looking at others' hair, your own hair, beauty generally? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yes, it's definitely a constant shedding um and refocusing on my craft and the business side of it um I'm always investing in my education um just trying to more so learn more the why behind certain things and the technical things so it makes me more creative once I know you know like the science behind everything 
Um, so every year I'm pretty much being around other creatives who can teach me stuff that I don't know or see things from a different perspective. I think that's very important and it keeps me fresh in my gift. So how do you stay on top of that? I mean, uh, there's so much education right now. It's kind of insane what is available to everybody and often at low cost. Like, where do you even start? Like, how do you figure out, like, I'm going to take this on for this year or this month or what does that look like for you? Sometimes it's kind of guided by what my clients desire. Like, Mm -hmm. I usually listen to them, uh, the things, the pictures that they bring me, um, some of the styles that they're feeling like is in. Um, the colors that they like, the styles and everything, whether it's cuts. Um, and some stuff, when they come in, if I say, I don't know, I don't feel like I'm there yet, I'm not comfortable, then, you know, I'll try to do some research. And I do kind of stay in contact with a lot of other industry um, people, whether it's, it's in influencers or teachers or even product suppliers. Sometimes the, the, the people that I buy products from, they guide me towards the classes that I should be taking and certain things that I should be implemented into, you know, my service list to, you know, just keep myself fresh. So speaking of fresh, we are coming off the heels of you winning Curly Hairstylist of the Year from the Texture Style Awards. Congratulations. That is a huge, huge accomplishment. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, What were, number one, the actual awards like? Um, What, where did, what was that like? I was very nervous that night. I don't know. (laughs) I was very nervous. Um, the process uh, through submission all the way through the beginning, everything was mm-hmm. totally virtual, of course, because of COVID. Yep. Um, but it still was so exciting just to, to be live and to watch everything that was going on and to see a lot of the other work that was in. I mean, it was some awesome work in True. that award ceremony. Like some of the other stylists had great photos, um, great colors, great styling. Everything was amazing. But it, it was it was like, it was nerve, nerve wracking a little bit. <laughs> It wasn't nerve wracking, but it was exciting at the same time. It was very exciting. For sure. How did you hear about it? I mean, we knew that Monet was really hustling to make this happen. She worked tirelessly to find partners uh, and then really just made as many people aware as possible. So genuinely curious, how did you find out about it? Um, and when did you think that you were going to start submitting? Well, I do follow a lot of other stylists. Um, some people that I've met uh, in my meetings through hair shows or classes that I've taken. And we kind of just follow each other on Instagram or Facebook and we stay connected. And that's how I learn a lot of stuff about the industry. And I want to say Monet was somebody that I follow because I know she teaches mm-hmm. other classes and she talks yep. about, she has a book, she talks about celebrity styling and stuff like that. So I really think it just came through on my social media feed as one of the things that popped up. And I was like, hey, this may be cool. And actually I had already done the photo shoot for the, the models that I had. And the theme, oddly enough, was texture. <laughs> I actually did three models, and the model that I won with was one of my models. And I was like, hey, I can just submit this and, and see what happens. And I actually submitted two models, but only one of them got chosen. But yeah, it just it just happened organically, honestly. Did you think that you would win? No. <laughs> Not at all. And it's so crazy because that night... Um, that the awards were on. I actually had my mom, my sister, and a good girlfriend of mine. We were having a small watching party. And I remember saying, it doesn't matter if I win or not. Um, I'm just happy to be among the top four. I mean, because it was over 300 stylists involved. Exactly. It was crazy. To go from three to the top 10 to the top four, I was just happy to be among some of the great other artists that were in there. Top four out of 300 is, is great. 
So I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter if I win or not. I'm just excited to be a part of the process and, you know, be amongst other stylists. And when I won, I really started crying. Like, I started crying. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I really won. It was so exciting. My mother was like, I'm touching. I knew you were going to win. I knew you were going to win. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it was exciting. Given that this year was the inaugural Texture Style Awards and that you've just won Curly Stylist of the Year, which is a huge, huge deal. We already talked about the fact that you were submitting up against a ton of other incredibly talented hairstylists. We would love to hear from your perspective. Do you think that the Texture Style Awards are going to be changing the industry? And if so, how? I believe so. For one, I feel like the awards have brought awareness um, to how diverse the field of beauty really is. Um, if you just look at some of the work that was submitted and displayed, there were artists from all over the country, um, all different kinds of work, uh, different races, different textures of hair. I mean, it was amazing. Like even in my own category with curly hair, it wasn't just one look. It wasn't just one style. Um, from each category, the stylists kind of just did a variation of their own thing and vision. So it wasn't just your regular long straight hair beauty or your typical just one natural style was just wash and go. I mean, these these were really some detailed variations of beauty, stuff that women wear on a regular basis. And it's good to see that um, stylists are able to be a little bit more free because I know for the most part, stylists kind of are creative and we create different types of looks in an everyday setting. But when you're in front of the camera or you're doing editorial, you kind of tone that vision down a little bit, but that's not realistic to the average woman. You know, so I, I really do think it's bringing awareness. Um, for one, the amount of clients that have had to vote um, for the stylist, they okay. were able to see all the different looks and beauty that it's not just about having straight long hair or just a wash and go style. You have kinky curly hair, you have curly hair, you have wavy hair, you have straight hair. And so many different looks that you can get with each category. You're not just stuck in the box with just one look. Ugh, so well put. Yeah, no, we are thrilled. We're so happy that the Texture Child Awards exist. Um, so that brings me to, as the winner, you've got a title to defend. Are you going to be submitting for next year? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm always making new looks and doing um, photo shoots. So I'm sure when it comes up again and I feel inspired, I'll be I'll be look on the lookout to do something new and fresh. Oh, love that. Can't wait to see what you submit. Uh, how do you feel like this experience has changed the trajectory for you in beauty? I will say it's definitely given me more confidence about where I'm already heading. Um, more confidence mm. in my work and my own personal eye for beauty and just knowing that, okay, you might really have the gifting. You know, sometimes as a creative, we kind of like second guess our work sometimes mm. and we feel like, is it good enough? Is it not good enough? Like, am I really, you know, doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I top notch or whatever? So it really is a confidence booster for me. Um, and after winning, I was paired with a mentor um, who I already was following, I absolutely love. Now that part was like astounding to me. And she really gave me some really key points and knowledge and things that I can improve on. And again, a, another way to kind of like build my confidence and let me know what I am on the right path to doing. Um, and just it's just realizing that, you know, I don't have to be stuck to just one area of doing things, just branching out and kind of just letting my creativity flow. Uh, what is some advice that you maybe got for somebody that wants to make it to the top of the industry, given that you are now the curly stylist of the year? 
Mm. It's probably like a three or four pointer. Okay. Um, the main one is consistency is key. Um, second, I would say invest in yourself mm. um, in every aspect. Invest in your education. Invest in your health so you can be whole for your work. Um, and invest in the business side of, of your career, not just the craft. Um, something else I would say is uh, never stop learning. Like, I know you say you feel like you, I'm selling myself short, but that's what keeps me fresh and sharp. When you start feeling like, you know, you have it all together and you know what you're doing, that's when you start losing. You got to be open to staying fresh, being open to different perspectives, being open to diversity, seeing things a different way because it keeps your eyes sharp. So, mm-hmm. yeah, be a sponge. Soak up everything that you can and then kind of just disperse it the things that you don't need, but take everything in. Love that. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, well, we hope that all of our listeners are taking notes about that. Uh, that was so well put. As we wrap here, Rashar, how can people find you? Where can they book your services? Tell us everything so that we can include it in the show notes as well. Yeah, sure. Everything is super easy. My Instagram and my Facebook are both Rashar on hair. Um, and I have a website that lists um, that lists my uh, portfolio has all my pictures from beginning to end um, my services um, my booking information which you can book through my website um, and also I was operation and frequently asked questions and everything you can look on my website at www.rasharstaten.com oh love yeah. that well thank you so much for your time Rashar. it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you congratulations on your texture style awards win thank it's you. a huge huge deal thank you should be very proud of yourself we are proud uh, we know that there's big things in store for you don't be a stranger to the volume of podcast come back anytime of course thank you for having me Our editorial team has been hard at work this week covering industry news, diving into the brands you don't know but should, and here are our favorite headlines from the tease.com from this week. All right, Jeff, I'm going to kick us off. So my first article talks about a new collection of leaders hitting the barber scene, which I love to see happen. And his company announced Lawrence Funk and Joshua Aguilera as the newest additions to its global education team, which currently consists of 42 educators in four continents. So love that reach. Not only does this multi-talented duo bring a strong influence to the industry, but they both strive to educate other barbers and stylists on clipper cutting techniques and are constantly evolving trends. Jeff, do you follow Lawrence and Josh on Instagram? I absolutely do as a result of this article. No, Uh, but in all seriousness, Josh is Good people. Um, have We've known him for a long time um, and are excited to see sort of what he's been up to. And then, yeah, Lawrence, you guys got to go to the article to see what he does uh, because he's affiliated with a very sort of high profile professional sporting team. And that's Ooh, all I'll say. Sporting team. All right. <laughs> also, I love that and this company, their education team consists of 42 educators on four continents. So love the broad strokes of to their global education teams. 
Uh, so something that I'm really into right now, and we talked a little bit about fall at the top of the podcast, uh, the article that we've got is favorite hair products that have launched this fall thus far. Uh, so as temperatures continue to drop, you want to have an array of products on hand that actually cater to the things that your hair is going to be dealing with. We're talking static, frizz, faded color, itchy scalp, all of it. Uh, so our team went through and found a bunch of new products that are responding to those exact things from brands like Olaplex, Bread Beauty, Pattern Beauty, tons, tons to look through. And I got to tell you that I am obsessed with the packaging for Bread Beauty Supply Scalp Serum. You got to go to the article to see what I'm talking about. It's a circular, it's just Ooh. wild. It doesn't look like hair care. It looks okay. like an alien something or another um, in the best way. It's a strong <laughs> compliment. You guys are going to have to go to the site though to check it out to see what I'm talking about. And if you don't use it, you probably should based on the aesthetic alone. Right. And I, I think, you know, so often we can forget about scalp health. I was liking it to a facial, right? Mm-hmm. Making sure that we're taking care of our scalp. So head on over there. Hmm. All right, next up, every season brings with it a new set of exciting hair trends, and this fall is certainly no exception. While this summer may have been all about experimenting color, the dreaded or non-dreaded zigzag part, the mermaid-esque waves, this season we're seeing a return of more of a retro style. We're talking warmer, autumn-appropriate hair colors. So celebrity stylist Jorge Buccio broke down the 2021 fall trends into three categories. They are... The Warm Blonde, The Flip, thank you, Ariana Grande, and The Grown Out Shag, which I love a shag in its perfect form or grown out, to be honest. I do. So, Jeff, what do you think about the three trends? Are you feeling The Uh, Warm Blonde? So, I I like it as a trend. Okay. Okay. I think that it is great in terms of identifying it because it's happening for sure. Is a warm blonde for me? Mm. No, Same. it's not. It's not for me. But, you know, good for others. That's that's where I'm at. It's fall. Warm it up. I'm more warm into the flip. <laughs> or the share. Things that we're also into at the T's, the monthly edit. So each month, our editors go through the products that they're obsessed with, in addition to stuff that they're covering. Uh, but these are things that they're using until it's empty. <laughs> for the month of September, we ran through our best picks. I even contributed is an Honest Co. unscented lotion, which we're using a lot of with baby at home, which I'm really all about. So Kelly, is there anything that you would pick up from this site based on this list? Are you into a rhinestone snap clip, for example? I can't really see you in one, but I mean, um, you're no. open to trends, so. Yeah, I'm open, but not, not that open. <laughs> not that open? <laughs> uh, the one that I find interesting is the Body Shop Vitamin E. So one, kudos to Body Shop for still being around. Am I right? Talk about 90s coming back, staying. Um, So I'm going to check out the vitamin E hydrating toner. Love me a good toner. Love adding yet another step to my regime at night as well. We love that. As always, so much going on at thetees.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. And next on the pod, Michelle O'Connor.
Today on the podcast, we have Michelle O'Connor, the Global Artistic Director for L'Oreal Matrix, a five-time Naha Award winner, not too shabby, right? (laughs) And a member of the Ulta Beauty Pro Artist Team with over 15 years of beauty expertise. So excited to meet you. I've been fangirling you for a while. I'm just going to come out and say it. Thank you. I'm a big fan of the teas as well. So I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. Amazing. So your role is to create, direct, and coordinate education, both administratively as well as artistically. Also responsible for coaching and developing a team of 50 artistic design educators through comprehensive technical, creative, and business training. So in the past... You have worked with and trained multiple brands in the beauty industry, certainly including our beloved Matrix, Lazani, Redkin, L'Oreal Professional, Vidal Sassoon, and the list goes on and on. So that's a mouthful, Michelle. <laughs> it's it's quite a bit in, in a span of a career that's still going. I feel like I haven't right. reached my pinnacle yet. So um, thank you. That's a good feeling. It's always fun to hear your bio read, to, to step back and go, is that me? Wait. Wait a second. I've done all that. I, I did some things. I did some things. <laughs> You've been busy doing all of the things. So tell me a little bit about how you got into the beauty industry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. I was um, a classically trained dancer um, before wow. I ever got into beauty. Yeah. And so um, it's so funny because you always draw on a lot of skills that you've learned in whatever other careers or or things you've dabbled in outside of your current one. And so um, I always say that there has always been embedded in me this desire to sort of really pay attention to detail, um, execute things until I feel like it's performance or stage ready. And so that comes into play in photographs and, you know, working with models and doing things editorially and even just how I execute on doing services on clients and that attention again to detail. And I decided that I wanted to transition out of that career and being a performer and being in the performing arts, especially a dancer, you're really exposed to a lot of sort of characters and transformations. And there's a lot of makeup and hair and the lashes. And so there's, (laughs) there's a glamour aspect to performance as well. And I always loved that side of it. People would come to, can you do my hair? Can you do, can you put my lashes on? So I was dabbling in those things sort of unknowing that I would later venture out into the beauty industry. So, um, when I decided that I no longer wanted to have a career in dance, it's, it's very sacrificial. It's the starving artist thing. And I was like, you know, I don't want to be a starving artist at 30 and 40. And, you know, so yeah. I decided that I was going to um, enter into the world of beauty. I would see salons and I would be like that girl that was just looking nose pressed up against the glass. I was in awe of just, the energy, um, people coming out of there transformed. There was something that just really spoke to my soul. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to find a way to get into somebody's cosmetology school. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I got enrolled and it wasn't even the bells and whistles. It wasn't like the Azadas or the Paul Mitchell. It was, it was a no frills technical school that offered this as um, an option, a, 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 an educational format. And I was like, yes, that's where I'm going because right. what I will do with this will be turning it into something that will be a career. It will not be a job. And I had to sell that to my family because my family was like, okay, you actually did go to college. Uh, you were pursuing a career as a dancer. Now you want to be a hairdresser. So right. it was not without stigma. It was not mm-hmm. without that's all like, that's all you want to do. 
And so I had to sort of take that and not internalize it and sort of push through knowing that I was going to, like I had the passion and desire and the, the burn to turn this into something bigger. So I went to cosmetology school and here I hit my next crossroad because I graduate. I do this in like, like crazy speed work. Like I was like on a mission. I was like I love it. out, perm rotting, like 20 mannequins at a time. Here you go, here you go, here you go. Like I need to get out of this. I wonder I if you are the record holder. Do we know? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I probably am somewhere in someone's book, not Guinness, but somebody's book. Um, so I get out of cosmetology school and another sidebar information about me is that I come from a very racially and culturally diverse family. So okay. um, part of my, I'm, I'm West Indian, I'm Caribbean, but within that culture, I'm also chi- of Chinese descent. I'm also of Irish wow. descent. I'm also of Scottish. So I have a lot of mix in my family, in my immediate okay. family, uh, cousins that look completely Asian, cousins that are dark complected with a blonde Afro, cousins that have, you know, blue eyes. Like, so I literally see the spectrum in my family. And I okay. share that story to, to let you understand that when I exited cosmetology school, I personally reached a crossroad. And mm. that crossroad was, wow, the beauty industry is very segregated. There's white salons and there's black salons. Where am I going? Sure. Obviously, right. I'm a woman of color. I've got curly hair, but I'm also mixed. And I want to do it all. Like, I want to do air quotes, black hair. I want to do air quotes, white hair. Like I want to do it all. So I go into, um, a natural hair care salon where they're, and when I say natural, I mean, they're catering to people of color that are wearing their hair natural. And this was like, like the two, two thousands. Right. So so you have like at the height, you have like the Venus and Serena Williams sisters, you have Lauren Hill, you have like these celebrities that are kind of wearing their hair, like kind of natural. They're wearing loft, they're wearing twists and they're going to this salon. So this salon was in in Miami and Fort Lauderdale and they were the movers and shakers of that side of the business. Stuck with them for about a year, realized I was missing a really important component to hairdressing. And that was the art of color the art of cutting, precision cutting. And I was not getting that there because that wasn't what was being serviced in that salon. I then decided a year later to go in an air quotes, more white salon that was catering to clients that were getting things like highlights and balayage and precision cutting. And that's where I spent the next 10 years of my career. Okay. And within the interim of that experience, I decided to get into education. And that's when I joined Mizani and the list went on and on in terms of how I fell down the rabbit hole of <laughs> education and awards and all of that thing. So that's my okay. elevator pitch about how yeah. I happened. I mean, that's super, super interesting and incredible. So that's a, that's a lot to piece together, right? I mean, yeah. you've, you've had a, it sounds like you've had several different passions and sort of channeled all of that experience into your career today. So amazing. Um, tell me a little bit about, so your time at Matrix. So when did you start uh, your partnership with them? Tell me a little bit about those beginnings uh, as well. Yes, absolutely. And this is really great because in this story, I cross paths with uh, Nick Stenson. And okay. so our story, our love affair goes, <laughs> goes back probably a little bit more than a decade ago. And okay, I was cool. doing work with Mizani and he was doing work with Matrix and both are underneath the L'Oreal umbrella. So yep. we would collaborate. Sometimes we would be on a photo shoot together as they were gathering talent from the L'Oreal brand. And 
he just kind of would tease me and he came <laughs> over to me and he was like, I'm going to steal you. I'm going to steal you from Nick Frick. And, you know, words are powerful. He put it out to the universe. Mm-hmm. Nick um, ended up going to JCPenney to sort mm-hmm. of rebrand. And he was like, I need you to be on this uh, launch of this sort of rebranding at JCPenney. I went, I was with okay. him. We spent some time, you know, creating education and training um, educators to sort of just be elevated and to be out yeah. there in the world. And then, we are together again at Ulta. So it was kind of like, you know what? This you're you're for life. You know how they say yeah. you're for a reason, a season, yeah. or a lifetime. I'm yeah. now convinced that my Nick Stenson <laughs> story, it's for a lifetime. All right. So, so you've locked arms. Yeah, you yeah. meet, you cross again, right? That's amazing. Yes. And yes. Nick is Nick is wonderful. He's he's such a great, wonderful professional, like just bounding with energy and excitement. Yeah. And good and, and good people. Good people for sure. So you've got some products behind you. We've got a little new program, got a new launch, (laughs) a a curl can dream, which I am a lover of a play on words for sure. Do you love that name? I love it. Oh my gosh. It's dreamy. It's dreamy. (laughs) I mean, a curl can dream about any, any which way or how it can be styled and taken care of. Right. Yes. Why can't a curl dream? Yes. (laughs) So this has been just, I have hearts in my eyes, the heart in the eyes emoji, Yes, okay. um, a, la- a labor of love for the yep. past few years. And I am so privileged and so honored to have been asked to participate in leveraging sort of my expertise along yep. with Patty Rodriguez, along with the like owner Taylor, who's also my heart. <laughs> and um, I, we just were able to offer sort of a, a wide perspective of curl because curl does not just belong to one race or one skin color it there's a spectrum and so to have the input of various types of curl patterns and different types of people and what are the needs and who's doing what who's getting rod twists and twist outs and what do you need to start a portfolio do we need a cream do we need a gel do we need an oil do we need a co-wash so Mm -hmm. just collaboratively from everything, even down to the way it smells. So when I tell you like, this is the yummiest, most beautiful product to not only wear in your hair, but to also just linger in the room after. Love it. I mean, I love it. That's amazing. So tell me about how this came about. I mean, you mentioned that, you know, we've got to talk about a lot of different curl textures and patterns. What was sort of the precipice for this idea starting with the brand? You know, Kelly, I believe it was just time. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people will think that, oh, wow, we popped up with a curl product and this is on the heels of all of the racial unjust. And this is on the heels sure, of sure. sort of COVID and all of these things that have transpired in the past, you know, year and a half. However, this has been in the making for the past three years. And this was just really a deeper look at the portfolio of products that we currently carry. And we said, you know what? We have to up our game. Like we have to create products that are formidable in the curl space as well. And when I tell you, this is kind of like in sharing that backstory about myself, this is a bit of a dream because when I look at the beauty industry and how at the time I was deciding where to go. It was so segregated. Sure. This is sort of like the, the sort of the rebirth and the, the repaying attention to the fact that no, every single product that we put out 
has to be an excellent product for its own category. If we're putting out a color product, it has to be amazing. If we're putting out a curl product, it has to be amazing. So when they came and they said, we're going to work with pattern experts, we're going to work with our scientists, we're going to work with our brand, you know, um, marketers and collaboratively come up with something that again, like I said, is formidable. That was the dream of, okay, okay, now we get to do it right. We get to do it really right. Yeah, that's amazing. And the timing is amazing, right? I mean, you're just squarely in, you know, not too far ahead of its time, just sort of right where it needs to be from a launch perspective. And it is funny because in interviewing a lot of of different experts, it's as general consumers, we think they just pop that up, but there's really no popping up of of a brand. No, no. I have pictures that say 2019. I have pictures that show me in an office looking at uh, bottles that don't even have like their color yep. packaging yet and <laughs> smelling and testing and testing it on over 300 models. And wow. so, yeah, it, it okay. is. Yes. Got it. So back to our acrylkin dream, tell me what the play on words means. What does the play on <laughs> word mean? I mean, I, it really is simpler than, and then, than, okay. than something that's going to be like super deep. It is just <laughs> sort of whimsical it is sort of like this little sort of it, um, innuendo where it's yeah. like, well, why can't a curl be whatever it <laughs> wants to be? And I think we live in an age where curls are very unapologetic. Mm-hmm. I think sky is the limit for curls. Okay. And so, you know, when we think about dreaming, we think of like your your wildest sort of heights of ambitions and what yep. you could imagine for yourself. And so curls, are no longer a one size fits all, you know, there's so many different facets to how someone might want to wear their hair. And so, right. yeah, I can dream. And we use that expression, a girl can dream, right? right. That means yeah. that you are thinking <laughs> of the unimaginable. You are thinking of like just something that's beyond and bigger than a dream. Right. So that's kind of what that conjures up. Yeah. I love it. It's just so good. So good. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I love it. Too. <laughs> okay. So from a research perspective, um, some of the research we found is really interesting. 44% of consumers have curl type three and four break that down for me. What does that mean? If we don't already know that is tremendous. And, and we're just talking about curl types three and four, because right. we have to remember that even when we go down to two, you know, two B's and two C's, there's still some pattern in that hair it's wow. starting to wave. It's starting even a two C can get a very big, large, Hmm. loose, luscious, juicy curl. And so when we are talking about how much of the population actually has this hair, like that's, it's at least very close to half, if not at least half of the population. So this this is a population of hair. And I say hair and not people because it really, to reiterate that it's hair and hair is a fabric. And when we're looking at, how we approach this hair, so many hairdressers and even consumers have been sort of unknowledgeable or not knowing how to really turn this hair into something beautiful because the answer was always, let's straighten it. Let's straighten yeah, it. Let's, you're do right. a stri- let's do a relaxer. Let's do a keratin. You go in front. How do you cut this hair? So there's been a lot of learning and education yeah. and sort of um, for the professional space a recapturing of not only like the science and all the things that we learned in school about like what really go, what is hair that has a pattern to it? You know, when we look at things like a curl chart and we see like the one B's, the two C's, the three A's, 
we see that as an actual sort of a depiction of what the curl size is, right? So those mm-hmm. charts really tell us, like if we look at what a 4A, we'll, we'll understand it to be a curl size that perhaps has the diameter of, you know, maybe a pencil, right? So if we're okay. thinking of like, you know, a curl that is the size of, let's say, remember sidewalk chalk, right? Yes. So we think of curls okay. and we think of like circumference, right? So when yeah. we think about that fat sidewalk chalk, you could get that circumference from a 2C, right? So that very big, like I said, juicy, luscious curl (laughs) that the fattest sidewalk jaw is again, sort of this reiteration of the fact that this is hair that can absolutely be defined and Mm. groomed and where are the products and how do we do that? And what are the products doing and who gets what do you have? Do you wear a gel? Do you wear a cream? Is something too heavy for you? Is your hair a fine curl? Is it a coarse curl? So this yeah. is where we as professionals kind of dive in deeper and help to diagnose to consumers yes. and clients. Like, this is what your curls need. You have low porosity. You have high porosity. You have, you know, a lot of shrinkage. You all these different curl huh. words yes. or curl yeah. minology, you know, kind of makes up for this past of just wanting to only take curls and to straighten them out uh, and yeah. the beauty of them. So yeah. that, that's but, where we are today. Dang. I love that. I, first of all, your passion for talking about your luscious, juicy curls is like, <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> and wouldn't it be interesting if consumers were, you know, fully, fully educated on like, what, what is my, what is, what am I, what's my curl pattern and type? Like a blood type, right? It's quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, you know how sometimes, especially I know women have done this where we've looked at like the blood type diet or we've looked at like, what's your body type? How do you eat for your body type? So it's similar to your hair. Like how do you dress your hair in products for your hair type? Huh. I love that. Really smart. Um, So tell me about what is your favorite product from the line and why does it, why is it different for you? Like What's the passion point there? I can tell you, I can share, I can share my <laughs> secrets. Okay. okay. This is the cream and okay. this is the light, this is the lightweight gel. Okay. And this is where it comes into preference. So I have what you consider more of a coarse curl. Okay. And I say coarse because it means the actual strand of my hair. If okay. I were to go in and pluck out one strand of hair, it would have a very thick circumference, meaning the actual okay. strand in my hair, in my hand. Yep. would feel is, like bigger, right? Yeah. Okay. So someone with fine hair, their actual strand might feel very skinny, very thin, very like a spider web almost. Okay. Whereas Got mine it. might feel like thread or dental, dental uh-huh. cloth, right? What a so dream. <laughs> the, because my actual strands are so coarse, sometimes I need weight, right? To control my hair. Okay. And my curl size is what I categorize on the curl navigation key as a 3B. So it's like 3B. right in the middle okay. of the threes. It's okay. not super, super tight, but not super, super loose. It's kind of like in the, in the middle of the threes. Okay. And I happen to love having fluffier curl, right? Okay. So when I know that I want to freeze that curl and I use the word freeze because when we are washing and defining and going through the process of the initial styling, we want our hair to look like it looks when it's underwater. Okay. When a curl okay. is underwater, I always use the analogy. It's like, People with curly hair were like mermaids. Our hair is the most beautiful submerged in water. And so the goal goal is to get that hair to look on dry Mm. land 
like it looks in water, right? Like the mermaid so, comes out of the water, but still it, has some mermaid yeah, hair. Yeah. Have beautiful hair. <laughs> so when you come out of the water, you have a moment to freeze that hair okay. in a state of maximum hydration and in a okay. state of beautiful definition. And this is where your product comes into play. So if I want to be able to go in and really have big curl, a lot of fluffiness, yep. I'm going to go in with my lightweight gel okay. that will give me that hold initially, but allow me to scrunch it and allow me to shake it out and have it be expand and expanded and bigger. Okay. So that's when I'm on that vibe. Okay. When I'm on, uh, I want my curls to be very controlled. I don't want them to expand sideways or even upward. I want them to be a little bit more subdued, more defined and less fluffy. I'm going in with my cream. This is where you're going to get your maximum amount of hold, your maximum hydration. This is going to be great for the girls or the guys that have, you know, a tighter curl definition okay. that makes sure. they need the weight of some to the product. To, yeah. To really okay. just defy the gravity and set that hair to then be released because no matter what type of curl you have, the one thing you don't, you probably don't have a problem with is volume because curl expands, right? So yeah. anything in the threes and in the fours, once dry and frozen in its beautiful state, yeah. shaken out is going to expand. So uh-huh. it's, what you're looking for is just what your preference is for control. So these are okay. my, these are my babies right these are here. Your babies. All right. I like it. So we're talking about, you know, care and styling. Tell me a little bit about the lightener and why, why that's particularly interesting and how you really want to preserve the curl uh, throughout the whole process. I'm so glad you asked me that <laughs> Kelly. Oh my gosh. When I tell you, if I can shed some light on why this is so vitally important, I hope I can get it right, right now. When you have curls, because there's been this newfound and not brand new as in this year or even last year, but there's been this curiosity and this really, this, this opening of an appetite for curled, curly girls, curly guys to have beautiful color on their hair. We're talking blonde. We're talking redheads. We're talking vivid color, like the gamut. Remember now, this wasn't necessarily a world that was open to the curl consumer because Mm -hmm. they were doing things like relaxers and straighteners. And so when you were competing with having like a dual chemical on your hair, most of the people that had curl that perhaps got it straightened opted to get it straightened and not First, put color yeah, on it. Right. So you now that the one. floodgates, mm-hmm. the doors have burst wide open. <laughs> color is like the world of color is your oyster. You're seeing all these blonde platinum curls. You're seeing these redhead. You're seeing everything. However, the stages that a hair must go through for pigment sure. to be removed is not a very delicate process. And so the nature of curl is if we could compare it to fabric, I want you to think of curl like you would think of silk shirt. So we would not be, you know, throwing a silk shirt in a washing machine cycle to just be roughed up and vigorously like manipulated, right? Mm -hmm. So we think of curl and curl patterns every time the hair is twisting and rotating, it's bending. 
And every time the hair is bending, there are weaker spots in those areas of bend. Okay. And so if we're going to elongate that one strand of hair that probably, depending on how long it is, has anywhere from, you know, five to 20 bends, every okay. time the hair bends, there's a weak point. When we go in and we put lightener, yeah, the areas that are not bending, mm-hmm. great strength. The areas that have curvature, more delicate. So we have to be so careful about maintaining that curl after a lightening service, because what happens a lot is the curl gets relaxed and the curl gets straightened, if not damaged. And that equates to a lack of curl preservation. One of the number one things that a curly girl or guy doesn't want to lose is their curl pattern. You cannot fake the funk with a curl pattern. So <laughs> when you've lost your curls and you end up now having these My, straight ends, yeah. you are relegated to a vicious cycle of flat ironing the rest of your hair to get your hair to be one uniform pattern. Because your ends are straight, you can't get them to curl anymore. You're flat ironing, creating even more damage. So here no you way. are in this loophole yeah. of damage, 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 and more damage. And all you ever wanted was to have beautiful color. So enters the scene, enters the scene, (laughs) curl lights, which is one of the first curl pattern preservation systems on the market in the pro space to really pamper and cater and be able to lift your hair safely, gently without compromise. And so that is why this is vitally important. I could go in and if I created some damage, hopefully never on someone that didn't have curl their hair could be treated and, you know, your hair pattern is straight. You're not having to worry about a disparity between what's happening at the top and the bottom. You can blow it out and put some sealants on those ends and call it a day. Okay. If I go into the salon and they've damaged my ends, I look like I have a broomstick from (sighs) here down and I have something else going on on the top. I look like a jellyfish. Yeah. So I've got (laughs) this big hair up here. I've got these jellyfish ends and I can't look presentable. And so you have to cut my hair, right? So then the next stage is you have to cut that off. And when you cut my hair, what takes you one year to grow back takes me three because my hair is growing in circles. Right. Wow. So for it to gain gain back the length again, I'm going to need three to four years to gain back that length. I it's devastating for a person with curl to get damaged and lose their pattern. So if wow. that explains how important it is to preserve your curl, I don't know what else I would say, but that is why it's so important. That is so interesting. You're like blowing my mind with all your, your insights. Um, do you find that the, you know, do you find that losing your curl pattern is something that happens a lot? It does, Kelly, it okay. does. Oh my and gosh. It's, it's not always okay. even with color. It definitely happens with color often, but okay. it can also happen with mechanical damage. Remember okay. I used the, the analogy of like referencing curl like silk. A lot of people do it also with flat ironing because the nature of us, right, is to want to be chameleons and change and shift. Sure. And so mm-hmm. even when we are curly girls, right, our guys, sometimes we want to have a straight day or a blowout day. So if we're at home and we're not doing things like using heat protectors, we're putting our irons up to 450 Mm. degrees, we are burning a fabric. And so that is another way that you create pattern damage. Yep. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So another product that I'm interested or an ingredient I'm interested in is the Manuka honey extract. 
Tell me about the girl can dream with a little bit of honey. Tell me yep. about the, that ingredient. <laughs> so, so honey, oh, glorious honey. So um, I, I, I'm all about the prestige, right? So Manuka yeah. honey is an elevated form of honey, right? It's yeah. harvested from the Manuka tree out of New Zealand. There are some um, places that also have it in the United States, but it's a very exclusive type of honey. It has yeah. four times the vitamins and minerals, the antioxidants of your regular run of the mill honey. So huh. Manuka honey is in, in its most um, potent form and honey is considered um, a natural humectant, right? Okay. So when we talk about like what humectants do, especially in the curl world, humectants grab moisture, right? Okay. So it attracts mm -hmm. moisture from the air and allows it to go back into your hair. So when you're talking about someone who moisture is vital, it's like the lifeline. Moisture is the lifeline to a curl. Yep. Okay. When we wash our hair and we get that hydration and we get that moisture, we know that that's coming from a source of water, right? Okay. So water evaporates. So eventually that water will dissipate and come out of your hair and what's still replenishing your yeah. hair moisture because mm -hmm. I am not washing my hair today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day. I don't wash my hair daily. The curly okay. person does not wash their hair daily. So you need something to sustain that moisture. Here enters the scene. Manuka honey, a natural humectant, grabs moisture from the air, puts it back into your hair. Okay. I love it. And the last thing about the products is you mentioned that, you know, you're okay with even the scent just sort of wafting through your home. Like, describe the scent for me. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that I can expensive. Okay. It smells expensive. <laughs> You will smell expensive. Um, it, it is just when I think of like, I think of like um, Chloe, right? Okay. The design, yep. the label Chloe. Love I it. Think yep. of, um, I think of something that is very, it's soft. It's not, it's not overpowering, but okay. it's really just something that, that's like lingers. You know how, when a fragrance is like cheap, how like yeah. you yeah. smell mm -hmm. it like in the first like two minutes and then it's gone. Right. Yes. When I wear the Acrylic and Dream products in my hair, I can still smell my hair three days later. And wow. I'm not like overwhelmed by it. Right. It's just very subtle, but it's still a very beautiful smell and sense the hair that's just gentle. But like, um, I want to say there's definitely some floral notes in there. Okay. Um, my son wears Acrylic and Dream. He has a Love it. So <laughs> when I tell you like, it's just, it's good. It this is a good beautiful, stuff. And right. Again, back to that one word, expensive. All right. Not, we like it. Yeah. It smells <laughs> expensive. <laughs> Amazing. So if I zoom out into the industry a little bit more, tell me what it means for more and more brands like Matrix to come out with more curly hair options. It means everything, especially for a, a girl yeah. like me who, you know, sometimes when you're looking at the, the big brands and you're wanting to see yourself reflected in the big sure. brand, this is a nod to that. This is a nod to say, I see you. And yep. I don't see only the big curls. I see yep. the four C's. I see the four B's and we hear you and we want to be inclusive and we want to be diverse and we don't just want to dabble. We want to be immersed. And that's yeah. why we resourced the people that know what they're talking about. Yeah. Got it. Sounds like it. So the last question I have then, okay. So embracing your individual hair texture has been a topic in the past couple of years. What does that mean to you? I mean, if I could pick anyone's hair in the world, it would definitely be yours. 
I'm never going to get there, but I like some volume. I like some curl. So I have, I have hair envy, but tell me (laughs) why embracing your texture has been important to you. Yeah, Kelly, you know, it took a while to get here because I, I too, and I I speak from the perspective of a consumer as well as a pro. So I have two sides of it, right? So you're speaking to someone who as a little girl did not want their hair to be big because that was too much attention. And it was, you know, I saw my mom who does not, did not have curly hair, had straight hair, take a vent brush and brush her hair back and it would just fall into place. And I could not do that. So having sort of looking at sort of the answer to the problem that was my hair being, okay, well, it's time to, you know, relax your hair and thinking that straight was how it should be this evolution and this journey. And this, you know what, my hair is not coming out wrong. It's not something to be corrected. It becomes about dreaming, right? A girl can dream. It becomes (laughs) about what are the things you want your hair to do? If you want to, you know, blow it out some days, if you want to wear it curly some days, those are choices. Those aren't uh, you being bullied into thinking you have to be something different. So when, when we talk about the journey of like self-love and acceptance and like, when you get to a point where you actually embrace what you have, that is the biggest form of, um, it's the biggest form of self-love that you could possibly have. It's acceptance. And then I get to go out and be a representation of people that are loving themselves and loving their hair. And, having people like you say, wow, I love your hair. Love it. Trust me. I was on the other side of the coin too, where yeah. people said that hair is a problem. Mm. So the full evolution of it is self-acceptance is yeah. self-love and knowing that we all have so many different varieties and hair is like, it's like, it's like the spice of life. We have totally hair. We've got curly right. hair. We've got blonde, we've got redheads and to be able to see the beauty in all of it. Yeah. I'm so glad we're here with that. Right. And matrix is making it happen. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So a couple of our famous teas, quick takes, are you ready for them? Maybe. Okay. I'm going to try try my best. (laughs) Okay. First one up, which has been highly debated bar soap or body wash, body wash, right? I know bar soap. Yuck. Like that's not elegant. We there's some how people that soap, how do you make, make it elegant? How? I do not know, <laughs> but it has been a heated topic. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, next like, up. Yes, yes. <laughs> what are you streaming right now? This could be Netflix, HBO Max, podcast, music, book on tape. Yeah, okay, we can say I'll tape. T- okay, I'll <laughs> tell you a few. Okay. Um, so one of the. I, I'm a little late for this, but I was, I was really into Emily in Paris. So I was watching yeah. Emily in Paris on Netflix. Okay. That was my jam. Okay. And so waiting for season two. And that was kind of like my placeholder waiting for, um, uh, what is the new sex in the city that's coming out? It's not, and, and it's not called sex in the city anymore. It's called, um, it's called, what is the, the it's got a new name, but oh, it's the reboot, right? The, the reboot. reboot. I and know. just like that, I think it's called. And just like that. And so, and music, I'm streaming on um, the new Kanye West album. Right? <laughs> I know. So, as controversial yeah. as Kanye, maybe his music is a, hitting a, it, right? It is, it is, it is genius <laughs> slash borderline insanity, right? It's right. both of those things. But that's I what mean, artists are, the, the, the right. best ones, yeah. Right. If there's not a little bit of confusion from a 
lay person like me, then it's not going to be good. <laughs> it's not even art. Can you even say it's art then? Right. Oh. right. <laughs> All right. So w- next up is one product that you cannot live without. That's not one of yours. Now we're talking, this could be a kitchen product, food, health, wellness, lifestyle, beauty. Like what's your go-to? What, what can't you live without? Ruby Woo red lipstick from Mac. Really? I'm writing it down. Ruby Lou. (laughs) It is a cult classic and it is my red for the ages and I can, it can never be discontinued. Um, or I will buy like the last 1000 of them. Um, do you have a stockpile? That's the question. I do everywhere. One in every random purse, one in every (laughs) cosmetic bag. Yes. Like first thing that comes to mind. So are you a forever red lip lover? Like it's just what happens every day. It's what happens because like if the rest of my face is undone, I can put on a red lip and I can be somebody in this world. Like I, I can just (laughs) sort of come, come to life, even if nothing else is working that day. So that is my answer. I know for some people it's brows. Some people it's like a certain shirt. Some people it's like, Yes. No, for me, it's red lips. Ruby Lou to the rescue. Ruby Woo. W-O-O. Woo. Okay. Ruby Woo. Ruby Woo to the rescue. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. So last up is advice for those who want to make it to the top of our industry. It's a good time. It's a good time to be in this business because now your fate is not decided for you. You know, there was one time where you had to be picked, right? You had to be picked to be an educator. You had to, you know, reach out to, you know, education directors and pick me. You get to create your own story. You get to promote yourself on social media. You get to put out your best work. And whether that's you, you know, networking and bartering services and working on models and clients for free, or whether it's you putting it on mannequins, there's absolutely zero excuses today to really try and um, become something in this industry. And so it really is about um, making sure that what you do is in the spirit of service, making sure that what you do is really trying to give back in some capacity and really think about what your end game is. You know, do you want to leave a legacy? Do you want to improve something? Do you, do you, you know, get fueled by your passion and don't let anything sort of be like a a barrier because there are really very few barriers today. Right. And I related back to the very beginning of our conversation when you were like, I'm going to go to beauty school, got to get in, got to get out because I'm going to make something big of this. And so it seems to me that that you have followed that advice and it has fared very well for you in your career. <laughs> Thank you. It's It's been a good one. It's been a very yeah. good one. And there are no blueprints. You really are just sort of mapping it out as you go. And I'm still not done. You're not, I have a very strong feeling you are not done. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much Likewise. for your time. Likewise. No, thank yeah. you for having me. Thank you, you for having me. I appreciate, appreciate it so much. Great. Um, last, I keep saying last, but last but not least, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we please do? Yeah. You can find me and you can follow me <laughs> on Instagram. I am Michelle O'Connor beauty on Instagram. Michelle O'Connor beauty. You heard it here first on the tease. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for sharing your new product line, A Kirkland Dream. Um, it was wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. Be safe. <laughs> All Be right. safe. All right, Jeff. So what did you think about Michelle O'Connor and a curl and a girl can dream the new product line? I mean, what an interview. I don't think that I've ever heard her speak so much. Uh, she's just always like hands in hair. Every time I see her, she's doing something. Um, so this was so nice to actually hear her talk about the work uh, and talk about sort of what she's been up to in terms of product development with Matrix. And, and yeah, kudos to her. Like, I'm just excited that we got to sit into that. I love hearing the, the behind the scenes story because these products are years and years in the making. So for those of you, you know, who might be consumers and listening to this, a product doesn't just pop up on the shelf. There's so much R&D that goes into it. So thank you, Michelle, for sharing a little bit about A Curl Can Dream and your take on the textured hair industry segment. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Mama Hickey, Stephen Jodoran, and Matt Hickey. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode and to Josh Landowski for editing so you can watch and listen on YouTube.